What's up, 1130? How you guys doing today? Happy New Year, everybody. Okay, okay, I gotta, uh, why, is that, why do we have to teach us at every service? Okay, when somebody says like Happy New Year to you, you're supposed to respond back with like Happy New Year. Okay, I, it's just etiquette. Uh, I didn't know you guys needed to know this, but let's try this again. Happy New Year. So much better. Man, you guys are so much better than the other services. Anyways, hey, my name's TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. And, uh, man, we're, we're so glad that you're with us here today. And uh, let me just start off by saying a couple things. Number one is, is I, I've got the flu, and I'm running a fever, and I'm on lots of drugs today. So over-the-counter drugs. Um, just, just want to clarify that. So whatever I say today, take it with some grace because uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to say. So uh, it, it'll be lots of fun. And, uh, man, it, it, the flu is terrible, isn't it? Anybody, uh, anybody had it this year? It's like, man, that, it's from the devil. That's all i got to say. <laughs> and uh, also on your chair is a card that says I, I Quit. And it's a brand new series that we're starting next weekend um, because here's what I know is in the new year, we come up with lots of resolutions of things that we're going to do. And, and here's what I know is our lives just get busier and busier and busier and busier. And instead of starting a whole bunch of new things, I also think that there are some things that we need to quit in life. And so we're going to talk about that over the next couple of weeks about how do we create some margin in our life so that we can accomplish all these new things that we want to do in life. And it's going to be a, a, a great, great weekend. And then finally, a lot of people have been asking about legacy. What happened with all of that? You guys want to know what happened with legacy over, over a couple of years? Okay, this service doesn't want to know, so I'll, we'll just go on. Uh, so if you don't know what legacy is, legacy is all about our faith, our family, and our future. It's about pushing and, and helping the vision accelerate here at Coastal Community Church. And uh, la last month, you guys gave $762,165.27 towards that. Come on, give yourselves a hand. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Uh, that's, that's, that's a lot of money. And, um, and, and that's a, like, as your pastor, I am... I'm just, I'm, I'm humbled by the fact that you would sacrifice so much and, and you would trust us so much because you see what's happening here in our church and how we're trying to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, know, and follow Jesus. And that you would invest in that, honestly, for me, is very humbling. And it's also very honoring that you would trust us. And I, I promise you this, we're going to continue to make a huge difference in our communities here and future locations that we're going to launch. And so thank you for your generosity. Thank you for all of those of you that gave. And for those of you that didn't, there's still time. And um, just saying. Um, but so, so my wife and I, we were just in New York City um, over the holidays. We, we decided a long time ago that we don't do gifts for holidays. We do experiences. And so every year we choose somewhere else to go and, and spend our holiday. And so this year we chose that we were going to go to New York City after our Christmas Eve services out at the lawn and in the amphitheater. And, uh, and so we left and we went, we went to New York City. New York City is an amazing time to be during Christmas time. You know, you got, you got uh, Central Park, which is all lit up and you got all these things and you got Fifth Avenue. And uh, we love going down Fifth Avenue. We love going to all the, the, the shops that are the couture and just like 
unbelievable shops that, like where people pay like $50,000 for a Louis Vuitton bag. And I'm like, man, I don't know who that is that does that, but uh, like, that's crazy to me. Um, and so if that's you, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to me because I want to ask questions. Uh, but, <laughs> but so we're, we're walking down these shops and and just checking things out, and uh, and we we go into every woman's favorite store on Fifth Avenue. Per- Tiffany's. Somebody said perfume. Who said perfume? Who said? Oh my goodness. Oh, Tiffany's. So we go into Tiffany's, and if you don't know what Tiffany's is, it's it's a diamond shop. I mean, it's like every woman's best friend is a diamond, right? That's what I've been told, at least. That's what my wife keeps telling me, and so. And so we go in there, and we're looking around, and, and I'm just blown away by these works of art that, that they call jewelry. And, uh, and it reminded me of this story that I heard a long time ago, and uh, is about this farmer in Africa named Hafiz. And Hafiz was, uh, was a very, very successful farmer. In fact, uh, he had a huge livestock. His family was very successful and doing very, very well in life. And because of how well he was doing, he was very, very happy with his life. And because he was happy with his life, he was very content in life. And as he was just going on through his life, one day, a, a priest friend of his who had been traveling the world showed up to visit Hafiz. And... Uh, as they were sitting down, they were talking about what was happening at the farm and how successful Hafiz had been and how, how his livestock had grown and just how well he was doing. And, and as the conversation continued, Hafiz asked, asked the priest, he goes, so, so tell me, like, as you're traveling the world, what is, what is something that you've seen that is just absolutely blowing your, your mind? And the priest goes, oh, Hafiz, there's, there's this thing that I saw and I've learned about that is absolutely unbelievable. It's... it's it, it are these stones that are called diamonds. And if you have one of these diamonds that's the size of your thumb, you could buy an entire city. If you were to find one of these diamonds that's the size of your hand, you could buy an entire country. I mean, these excuse me, these stones are so valuable and so precious that, man, they're unbelievable. And, and they're the most extravagant thing that's out there in the world today. And, and they continue their conversation and the priest ended up leaving. And that night, Hafiz was thinking about these diamonds that the priest was talking about. And no longer was he happy and content with his life. But in fact, he had become unhappy and, and discontent in his life because he realized that he did not have something as precious as this in his life. And went to bed that night the next day he woke up and decided I'm gonna sell my farm and I'm gonna go search and go look for diamonds and so that's exactly what he does he sells his farm off to another farmer takes care of his wife and his children and he goes off and he starts searching all throughout Africa looking for diamonds and all throughout Africa he finds no diamonds and he eventually moves to the Middle East and is searching throughout the Middle East looking for diamonds and can't find any diamonds there eventually he makes his way into Europe and he's going through Europe and is yet to find any diamonds and Finally, he ends up in Spain, and he is emotionally and physically and financially broke. And he's so disheartened at this point that he throws himself in the Barcelona River and commits suicide. Meanwhile, back at the farm that he had sold, a new farmer was there and was doing very well. And one day he was out watering his livestock in a stream that ran through the middle of the farm and 
as he was watering the, the, the animals, they were getting a drink. He, he noticed that every time the light hit this particular stone that was in the riverbed, it created this prism. And he's like, oh, that's kind of cool. And he grabbed it and he said, man, this would be a cool stone to be on my mantle. And so he took it home and he placed it on his mantle and he thought nothing more of it. Months passed by and the same priest that had visited Hafiz shows up to the new farmer's home and checks in on the new farmer, seeing how he's doing and what's happening. And as he goes inside, he goes, Hafiz is back. Hafiz is back. And the farmer's like, no, Hafiz is not back. In fact, I have not seen Hafiz at all. He's like, Hafiz must be back because I see a diamond on your mantle. And he goes, no, 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 that's, that's just a rock from my stream. In fact, there's hundreds of those rocks in my stream. And the, the priest goes, you must take me to this stream right now. And he takes them out to the stream, and the priest starts picking up these rocks, and he says, can I send these off to get them tested? And the farmer's like, of course. And they send them off and come to find out that the stone that he just thought was a cool stone sitting on his mantle was actually a diamond. And they found that the farm was actually covered in acres and acres of diamonds. That farm turned out to be the Kimberly Diamond Mine. It's the world's largest and greatest producing mine, mine of diamonds in the world. It's produced the crown jewels of England, Amsterdam, Russia. In fact, it's still producing diamonds today. And the original farmer of that land was literally standing on acres of diamonds until he sold his farm now here's what i believe each one of us today is standing right in the middle of our own acres of diamonds if we would only realize it you can take this year and you can run off and search for meaning and significance and worth and value and relationships or you can realize that God has brought you to a place and put you in a spot because he wants to reveal himself to you and reveal all the riches that he has for you right where you are because all of the searching and all of the longing all over this world that so many of us are going after after is just going to leave us physically, emotionally, and financially broke if we don't recognize it. And so my question for you is, is what if this year, instead of you searching for something more, what if you started seeking someone more? What if this year, instead of you going and pursuing more things, you started pursuing the one who has everything? That we would actually take the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and we would apply them to our life where he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. In other words, when you put me first, when you begin to seek me instead of searching for things, when you begin to put me in the right place in your life and you make me the priority, what happens is all those things that you think you're searching for, all of a sudden they start to come up into your life in the proper time and phase. And it just got me thinking, like, what would happen if, if we started to recognize and realize that everything we're looking and longing for this new year, this new decade, this new beginning is not going to be found in your ability to search, but it's going to be found in your ability to seek. 
And everything that you're wanting is on the other side of you seeking first the kingdom of God. And so I want to talk to us today about one of the most popular verses in the Bible. In fact, it's a verse that a lot of people have up in their home somewhere or they, they have made it their life verse or they've tattooed it on their body. I know they have because I saw it on Pinterest of, of your body. And, and, and it's a verse that a lot of people like to grab kind of out of context without realizing that there are some verses that come before it and there are some verses that come after it. We just like to kind of cherry pick it uh, because it feels good to us. And it's Jeremiah 29, 11. Maybe you've heard of it before. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. A lot of us, how many of you guys have heard that verse before? Come on, raise your hands. Raise your hand. Raise them up high if you heard it before. Okay. Okay, good majority of you. Cool, I'm just making sure that I'm talking to the right people. And listen, uh, I, I will talk faster the more you respond, just FYI. Just as helpful for me. Uh, especially because my voice is kind of squeaky right now. It's really awesome. And, but I was looking at this verse, and we're going to talk about some verses that follow it because there are verses that follow it. Uh, I know that that's crazy to you. But I was looking at this verse, and it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And I was thinking about this because a lot of times we just, we just start thinking about the plan, that the fact that they're good and not bad, that they're going to give me a future, and I hope that's what we care about. But we neglect to realize, for I know the plans I have for you, that like if God is saying that, then the reality is, is that God is thinking about you. I don't know if you realize this or not, but, but God is actually thinking particularly and specifically about you and your life and your situation and your dilemma and your problems and your options and what's going on inside of your life. I don't know if you know this either, but the average person has 52,000 thoughts a day. How many all know that's a lot of thoughts? Women, they have 75,000. I don't know. If that, I, just, I just thought that that was probably true. I don't know that that's true, but uh, we're going to go with it. Uh, so the average person has 52,000 thoughts. Those are a lot of thoughts on our mind. But this verse says, for I know the plans I have for you. Another version says, for I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. Which means that God is literally thinking about you in your life. In fact, in Psalms 139, verse 17 and 18, it says this. It says, how precious it is, Lord, to realize that you are thinking about me constantly. Do you realize that God is thinking about you constantly? Has that ever crossed your mind? The fact that right now, in this moment, when you're not thinking at all about God, God is thinking about you. He says, I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn towards me. And when I awaken in the morning, you are still thinking of me. Basically, it's saying, man, in the morning, God's thinking about you. At night, God's thinking about you. Like, God is constantly thinking about you. So if we have 52,000 thoughts a day, how many thoughts a day does God have towards us? She said 50 million. That's a lot. See, the problem is, is, 
It's, it's, I don't think that we don't love God enough or that we don't think about God enough. The problem is, is we don't realize how much God loves us and thinks about us and cares about us and is contemplating our situation and our scenario and the uniqueness of our life and is coming up with a purpose and a plan in the middle of your mess to get you out of that mess because he's got plans for you. And he's thinking about you. And if you would just recognize that he actually cares, that's why 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 said, Let him have all of your worries and cares. For he is always thinking about you. And watching everything that concerns you. So you know what he's thinking about right now? He's thinking about the fact that you're thinking about how am I going to pay all my bills this month because I spent overspent so much last month on Christmas trying to impress people that I don't like, buying things that I couldn't afford to make a good impression. And now you're worried because you know that there's going to be more month than there is money. And God's going, man, I'm thinking about that too. You know that drama that you had with your, your in-laws, your, your Uncle Eddie that showed up at, at Christmas time that you're like, where did this guy come from? You all know who I'm talking about. Everybody has one in their family. Everybody has an Uncle Eddie, don't they? Listen, if you don't know who your Uncle Eddie is, it's you. <laughs> Just telling you right now. Like if you can't identify that weird person in your family, everybody in your family is thinking, that, that's Uncle Eddie. <laughs> That drama that they created, you know what God's thinking about? He's thinking about how do we fix this? And it got me thinking, like, if there's this God that is thinking about us at this level, at this magnitude, and he created us, he loves us, he's coming up with plans for every scenario of our life, and he cares that much about every single detail that he's thinking about us constantly. Wouldn't we want to know what he's thinking? I mean, when you're in a relationship with somebody, it's the common question when you're dating somebody. What are you thinking? <laughs> Come on, ladies, you know you dropped that question on God. So you're like, I was thinking about trucks. You know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Because I can't be honest, because what they were really thinking about was sex. But that's a, that's a totally different subject. We can be honest in church, right? We can say those kind of things. Like, that's, that's a safe place. If you got children in here, that's your fault. We have a kid's ministry. Just saying. Told you I was on drugs. It's all good. I don't, this is going to be a weird day. But there's this God that is thinking about you. He's got a plan. And here's the thing is, he's not going like, ha, 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 I got a plan, you can't know it. He's not like trying to like keep it from you. He actually wants to reveal it to you. Like, like God loves you, but he wants you to know you can know his plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for disaster. You know God wants good for your life. But God's not trying to destroy your life. He's trying to enhance your life. 
He's trying to make your life better. He's trying to give you a future, and he's trying to give you a hope. And, and what happens for so many of us is we get up so caught up in this time of the year coming up with our plan. We go, hey, this year, here are my New Year's resolutions, right? Like, here's what I want to see happen in my life. And we, we come and we create all of this noise in life based on the plans that we want to see happen. And the only reason we want to see those plans happen in our life is because there's so much pressure from the world to look, act, drive, live a certain way in life. No, we're getting real here. And a lot of us are, 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 are just cowering to the pressure that is all around us. And all of that noise of the world, you know what it does is it keeps us from hearing the voice of God. It keeps us from hearing those plans that he actually has for us. And, and I want you to notice it says, for I know the plans I have for you. It's not, for I know your plans that you have for you. I wish it said that because I'd be like, God, that's good. I know my plans too. You can get right on that. Go ahead and bless it. Sprinkle some holy water. We'll roll. Nobody probably right? <laughs> Catholic Spanish class. You know, I just. But God's the one. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where I'm. God's the one that's got the plan. And here's the deal. I know you've got a plan. I know you've got your resolutions. But I guarantee you this. God's plan is better than your plan. It's way better. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but in order to see God's plan for your life, what it means is you have to start to be quiet. In fact, scientifically, it says your brain's visual cortex delivers information from your ears to your brain to give you an image of where you are going. In other words, you need to be quiet to be able to see. In fact, the University uh, of Glasgow says this, sounds create visual imagery, mental images, and automatic projections. It says sounds create visual imagery. So, so let me give you the scenario. You're walking down the side of the road and you hear a motorcycle off in the distance. What do you do? You turn expecting to see a motorcycle, right? Why? Because sounds create visual imagery. You're, you're, you're just walking down the road and you hear a plane overhead. What do you do? You start looking. You start like, I know it's up there somewhere. I hear it. So it's got to reveal itself at some point. The reason I tell you this is because some of you have been listening to the wrong voices and our minds are so filled with the wrong ideas that we're now looking for the wrong things in life. And God, what he wants to do this year is he wants to clear the slate and give you the vision that he has for your life. That's why it's so important that we talk to you all the time about, hey, don't just seek God on Saturday or Sunday, but seek him every day. Make him a priority. And some of us, there is a vision gap between the vision we have and the vision that God has. And God's going, man, there's a solution to that. But you got to clear out the noise in your life. In fact, Jesus gives us a solution to it in Matthew chapter 17. And he's, he's addressing a gentleman that uh, has a son that is an epileptic and is demon-possessed. And uh, the disciples could not cast his demon out. And so he comes to Jesus and says this. When they came to the crowd, a man came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers terribly. 
He often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Then Jesus answered, Oh, faithless and perverse generation. That, those two words, faithless and perverse, those are important words. Let's go ahead and take note of those. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and he came out and the child was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast this, him out? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For truly I say to you, if you have the faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Two more important words. So Jesus gives us the problem to our, 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 the reason why we have our own vision and, and, and why, why we have our own plans. And he gives us a solution to understanding and connecting to God's plan. He says this, man. He says what happens is, is we're a faithless people, which means we are disconnected from God. When you are faithless in life, what happens is, is you have disconnected from a relationship with God. Therefore, you don't have any faith. He says not only are you faithless, but you're perverse, which means you're too connected to the world. Which is some of our problems in here. The reason why we've never discovered, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, is not because we don't, we don't want to know those plans. The reason we don't have those plans is because we've been too connected to the world to get the plan from God. And God goes, here's the solution. Jesus actually, he says, here's how you do it. It's through prayer, which what does prayer do? It connects me to God. That's what prayer does is it puts you back into relationship. You begin to have communication and fasting, which is what, what does fasting do? It disconnects me from the world. What Jesus is saying here and what he's trying to say to us is some of us need to disconnect from the world and connect to God so we can hear his voice again. And know his plans for our life. He's trying to get us to hear, but we've got so much noise because we're so connected. And he's saying, listen, there, there's some disconnect that needs to happen in your life. It's one of the reasons why as a church, starting on Monday, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Man, we believe it's important to seek first the kingdom of God. We think it's critical for your life that you disconnect from the world and connect to God to know what his plans are for your life. Instead of you coming up with a plan and asking God to bless it, why not find out his plans and begin to walk them out? And so over the next 21 days on, on your card here, every single day there's a prayer focus that will be happening out of the, the new here tent. There's a book that says Pray First that you can go grab that will help you uh, with different prayers that you can pray, different prayer models. It will tell you how you can fast this season. And when we say fast, that doesn't mean not eating anything. It means you taking something that you enjoy in life and saying, hey, for this season, I'm going to give that up. And during that time that I would normally enjoy that thing, I'm going to spend some time with God. For some of you, maybe the fast needs to be the, the drug of choice in America, caffeine. Maybe you need to give it up over the next 21 days and say, you know what? When I would normally be going to Starbucks to get some coffee, I'm going to help my budget out a little bit and not go there. And I'm going to spend some time with God instead. I know that that's crazy. For others of you, it may be, hey, over the next 21 days, I'm going to get rid of social media. No Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, whatever your, your, your addiction may be. And you'll maybe during the next 21 days, you'll stop getting your identity from the world and start getting your identity from God. 
Maybe for others of you, maybe it's like, but TJ, I'm just so busy. Hey, why don't you for the next 21 days give up TV? All of a sudden you'll find out, man, I got a lot of free time. Some of y'all thought you were busy. No, 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 you've just been watching too much TV. And why don't you take that time that you would normally spend watching TV and getting God's word and start hearing about the story that God has for you. Instead of living in fantasy land, it's somebody else's story. What would happen this year if we decided to disconnect from the world and connect to God? What would happen in our lives? What would happen in our future? What would happen in our, in our, our, our direction if we stopped giving directions and started taking directions from the one who gives all direction? In fact, during that, those 21 days, every Monday through Friday, right here at 6.30 a.m. in this room, We'll have, we'll have a time of prayer, and there'll be a devotional. There'll be some worship music, and in your seat back pocket is a card that says, Get Connected on the back of it. It has prayer requests. Man, you have some prayers. You need some people to pray for you. Write those things down. Drop it in a, 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 an, an offering basket, and every single day what will happen is we'll spread out hundreds of cards here, and people will be praying over these. And it, there's power in prayer. You want to see your situation change you? You let some people start touching your situation and start standing on your situation. Start believing for your situation with you believing for your situation. And watch what God does in your life. Man, we saw God do some incredible things in people's lives last year when we did this. I want to encourage you. Don't, don't just sit back and let other people discover God's plan. You discover God's plan for your life. Disconnect from the world and, and connect to God. That's why verse 12 of Jeremiah 29 Verse 12 says, in those days when you pray. See, God's got plans, but he's waiting for us to pray. He says, I will listen. He says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, which I think is an interesting term that God used, because a lot of us are, are going, but TJ, you know what? I, I prayed once and it didn't work. Really? So you threw up the Hail Mary. God, save me here after I've made terrible decisions all of my life. And that didn't work, so therefore prayer doesn't work. Maybe it's because you gave God half-heartedly instead of wholeheartedly. I know nobody likes hearing that, but some of us need to be slapped in the face every once in a while. Like the truth hurts at times. And maybe this year we'll actually go after God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength instead of just giving him a part of us. Maybe if we gave him all of us, it would radically transform how we see things. In fact, yesterday morning, God like woke me up out of the middle of my sleep. And he said, man, you need to tell Coastal something, TJ. And I don't say this lightly because like that's weird for me. And like I don't, uh, like that's not a normal thing. And, and God was literally like, TJ, you need to tell them that if they will seek me wholeheartedly, I will speak to them. And here's what God said to me. He said, and when I speak, I change things. He said, go to Genesis. And so I flipped to Genesis. And when God in the beginning, what did he do? He spoke things into existence. Some of you this year, you're in some situations, you're in some circumstances that there is no way out except for God speaking something into existence in your life. And the only way you're going to have a plan to get out of there is if you get on God's plan and he begins to change things through his word. And for some of us, man, we need a word from the word of God that will radically transform our lives. 
And here's what will happen is, as we seek him wholeheartedly, number three, you'll find freedom and restoration. Verse 14 says, it says, God says, and I will be found by you. And he says, I will end your captivity. What, he, what he's saying is, he, he said, man, I'm going to begin to break those bondages that are in your life. Those addictions that have been, that have been holding you back, man, I'm going to eradicate those things. That anxiety that's been so overwhelming, I can make that cease to exist in a moment. That depression that's been hovering over your life, man, I'll cover that with my peace. He says, I want to end your captivity. I don't want you to be captive to anything but me anymore. He says, I'll restore your fortunes. In other words, he's going to bring some restoration to your life. He's going to put you back onto the plan that he's always had for your life and begin to move and shape and transform. And that he says, I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your own land. What if this year... What if... Instead of us searching, we started seeking. We started seeking first the kingdom of God, and, and I believe what God is going to do is, is we put him first, and we make him our priority, and we disconnect from the things of this world, and we connect to the things of God. What we'll discover is the place that we thought was a pit was actually a mind full of everything that we've been longing for in life. Because everything that we think we want and need in life isn't found in things, it's found in a person. Church, God is madly in love with you. And he's thinking about you. And he's planning for you. And he cares about you. Let's seek him first this year. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, I thank you that you're a God that is always thinking about us. That our circumstances, that our situations have always been on your mind. There isn't a moment that passes by that you're not contemplating our lives and what's happening within them. God, my prayer is, is, is that for every man, woman, and child that's in here, God, that they would make a choice to disconnect from some things this year. Disconnect from the noise of this world and connect to the truth of who you are and what you want to do. And God, that instead of searching for something more, they would start to seek the one who can give them everything more. Maybe there's some of you in here today that, as I was talking, you go, Pastor Judy, I didn't know that there was this God that was thinking about me constantly, that created me and loves me and has got plans for me I, 
He does. He's got so much more for you than you could even think or imagine. Maybe some of you need to take that first step of seeking him first, which comes to beginning a relationship with him. We're not talking about rules or religion. We're talking about a relationship with the creator of the universe who is thinking about you constantly, who does love you unconditionally, who paid an ultimate price so that you could have restoration in relationship with him. And maybe today you go, I, I need that or I need to come back to that. If that's you here with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just slip your hand up on the count of three, we'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip it up. Yes, sir. Yes, I see you back there. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Shayla, would you 